Hello, this is your host, Kayo, from this podcast called... How is it called again? I always forget. Millennial Reveries, yes! Which is all about being young and naive and liking random stuff and having a lot of emotional issues and self-esteem issues and all of those things and this episode is a segment of a story I was telling and it's a personal life, real life story and I'm about to finish it right now, it is raining, it is in the same day that I recorded the first and the second episode of this podcast and I am still smelly and I am still only recording from a phone and English is not my main language so bear with me Wherever you are, whoever you are, I wish you all the best. I hope you are fine. I want you to have a wonderful time listening to this, even though it's pretty sad. Uh, so just let's just start where we left. So I was in Brighton. I left the train and I had no idea what to do. And the only thing in my mind at this point is my mother. When I arrived in the UK, the first thought I had was I want to stay longer. I want to experience the city. I want to have pictures in the Big Bang and go places and do stuff. And life kicked me in the balls very quickly. And I wanted to leave. So in the end of the first month, I was terrified. And I just wanted to leave. And my mother said that there was an issue with my tickets. I could not come back to Brazil yet. So I started to find look for jobs and things. And that terrified me, not having an option. But I was brave enough. I was just... I, I look back and if you think about how naive I was. Like a... 21-year-old virgin who never drank, smoked, or went to a party, like, who never even left the house, an introvert, like, I was doing great. But that's it, like, I was terrified, and then in the fourth, the third month, I was just broke, and in so many levels, financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, I was just done. And I left this train station thinking about how many times I called my mother. And she keeps saying that there is an issue. And I'm like, what kind of issue doesn't have a date, an answer, or anything? Like, what issue is this? It's been months. She's trying to fix this ticket situation for months. And I hate Brazil, but honestly, I cannot stay in the UK any day longer. I'm losing my mind. And then I started looking for where to go. And then I see the old couple leaving and I have this strong urge to just say help please 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 I'm lost I don't know what to do I don't have anyone I'm, I don't belong anywhere I'm just tired please I just want to shower and sleep and I had to be really strong to not scream it out loud and they passed through and then I saw the drug situation guy that was during the whole trip to Brighton from the from London he was just talking a whole bunch of things and and he he is still looking like terrified and I was like 
feeling such compassion. I was like, oh, dude, I did not make your life choices, but I know how you feel. And I just walked outside the, the train station. And then I waited for the bus. And I realized that they did not use the Oyster, which is the traveling bus card from London. You hit, In Brighton, you need to pay or buy the Brighton ticket or something. Oh, it's expensive. And I found a guy in the bus stop and he just started talking to me and he looked really suspicious and he just said, Wanna, do you want a candy, young boy? And I was like, oh my god, that's a pedophile for sure. And then I just said, I'm fine now, thank you. And then he said, oh, don't mind, it's just candy. And then I just got one. And I just realized that I'm in public. Like, if anything happens, there is a whole bunch of people in here. Right? I shouldn't have taken the candy, but... Nothing happened, okay? Nothing happened. It wasn't poison, it wasn't anything. I, It was just a really weird guy. And he said, I live in Brighton since I was born, basically. And I like to sit here and talk to people who came from other places. So where are you from? And I said, I'm Brazilian. And he said, wow! Football! Carnival! Beautiful people! And I was like, uh-huh, yeah, whatever. And then... I said, oh, you seem sad, you seem so sad, why are you sad? And I just told him, like, a little bit. And then he supported me and said everything will be fine, Brighton is a big city, and it's like, lots of things are happening in the city, and there's a lot of people, and blah, 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 blah. And I was just so annoyed, and the bus came, I was like, thank God. And then... I got into the bus and I was like, okay, I can get into the bus, but where am I going? And I left the guy behind, got into the bus, paid my soul for the ticket and just saw where it led me. And I, with the last data on my phone I had, I just researched uh, where I was and if there was a hostel because I had, I believe I had at this point, at least 200 bucks. At least 100 bucks. I had uh, I had 100 bucks or 150, something like that. And then I just researched for a hostel or something. And then I found that there was a big hostel at the west, I think. I do not remember the name, but it was a big white hostel. Near, near, I mean, a bit further than the piers and further than the funny, colorful houses. In it's not, they're not houses, it's like storages, tiny houses there, just storages around that place. And then I just got the bus and got as close as I can get. And then, as I was going there, I found a whole bunch of other hostels. And I was going door to door. And I, I, yeah, because the bus would not leave me at there. That was the thing. I had to walk most of the way. So I got there and I started to walk and I saw many hostels. And I got from one hostel to the other and it was full. Every single hostel was lit. Like there were parties going on and people were drinking, screaming, fighting. 
everything in and I saw seagulls and I was like, oh god, I wish I was a seagull. I could just fly and forget about this miserable life I have. And then I kept walking carrying two freaking large bags, not like, you know, traveling bags. And then from one hostel to the other, walking and walking, and up you go and down you go and turn left and you turn right and you never arrive. It was just miserable, I was just so tired. And then I look at my left and then I see a silhouette and a huge voice. And I see this drag queen. Because it's a man, obviously, that voice. And then I see that big hair and the voluptuousness and the whole body movements and the voice. I don't know what she's singing, I think it's Bright On. It's not bright on the name of the song, obviously. Turn around, bright on. I don't know what song is this, but whatever. She's singing it, and I'm just like, oh my god, look at that. People are leaving, and I'm here terrified. And then I keep walking and walking, and I don't find a place to stay. I'm starting to get scared, and there is that one last place that I found on my phone. And then I realize that I have been walking for hours, looking for hours. Because that place was so far away that I was willing to take anything before that because it's too far. And I was like so close to it now, I just have, I just have tried everything else. And then I look down and I see that my feet are bleeding. I'm wearing those, I don't know if you call it, in Brazil you call it Crocs, those plastic uh, shoes with holes in it, and then I saw blood out coming out of my feet. My whole skin was like, not in a good shape, and I don't know what was going on, if I, if I was carrying too much weight, if I was, I think the friction ripped my skin in a bad way, it, I don't know if my feet were dry or something, I don't know, I just know that I hurt myself bad, both feet, and I was bleeding, not much, but it was weird to see blood in your feet randomly, and I'm like, oh my god, I am so stressed out, and I'm so worried about everything, and I feel so much pain in my whole body, because I'm carrying weight, that I, that I didn't feel anything, I'm bleeding. I pick up my phone and I call my mother and she cannot be bothered she just say what do you want it's late don't you know the time zone and then I say mom my foot is bleeding and I'm tired and I'm being chased by a crazy psychotic Brazilian woman who seemed to be a friend at first but it she wasn't and I cannot bother my aunt anymore so I'm just scared and I cannot find a place to stay I don't know what to do please tell me that what is going on why can I go back to Brazil did you fix the ticket and then she says oh son you need to understand that there is no ticket from the first moment you wanted to stay I thought that you became a man 
and that you understand that the opportunity I gave you was not to have fun in a, another country because that's expensive. I gave you the opportunity to change your life just like I did with your aunt because if it wasn't for me she wouldn't have the life that she has because she wanted to stay in Brazil and, and she had too much trouble and I just said live to another country, sell everything you have, go to the UK. And now I'm doing the same thing to you so you can become a man and Daniel said that you wanted to come back. I didn't do anything. I lied to you. For your own good, because I am your mother. Those words were so heavy, but they were not near as heavy as they could have been. From the next words I got, those killed me. Those words that she said right after those, they murdered my mother inside my heart. I was an orphan after hearing what she said after that, those words. Sorry for my English. But saying that she did not do anything regarding my despair to come back. Even though I agreed to her to stay one week in the UK and then trying to stay more and only doing so because she said it was okay and then she said that it wasn't and then the whole mess started to happen and I lost my tickets and I thought they were rescheduled and they weren't and then knowing that she just planned the whole thing along she just never wanted me to come back there were no there were no tickets she, she would never allow me to go back she would do something and then she'd have it she hadn't had to do anything because I messed it up myself I believed in her I believed that my tickets were rescheduled so I did not check I did not contact the airport or anything I just trust her and now I understand my tickets are canceled I had a no-show and that was not as awful as what came next because I said mom how could you do this to me I am bleeding I've been through so much and you don't want me to come back are you crazy you know that it, this is not it is not legal to work in here I am Brazilian I do not have any European descendants I cannot work here I cannot I need to put myself through misery to get anything what do you want me to do? I, I don't have a place to stay. I barely have any money. And then she said, as calm as the psychotic, evil woman chasing me, she said, Son, pick up your bags. Look for a corner. You make some sort of a cab with your bags. Take your bags, take uh, something to cover it up, and then you sleep. Tomorrow is the next day, you never know. Just sleep on the streets right now. Nothing will happen, it's safe. That killed me. Sorry, my cat is killing me. She's going completely crazy. So that killed me because 
I trust my mother, I love my mother, and she had not my best interest, I can tell you that. I don't know if she's just delusional, I don't know if she's, uh, I believe she's a uh, sociopath. Or a psychopath, I do believe that, because my mother never showed any form of remorse. Since I was a child, she would spank me, she never went into any of my school reunions, she never cared about anything I did, she always lied about me to people. It was always this whole situation and me loving her way too much and trying to fit in. My whole life I thought that I was broken, that I could not be a good son because I was not worth my mother's attention. I needed to improve. So I wrote her poems and she torn them apart. So I sang to her, but she was not there to listen. So I performed, I acted, I danced, I did everything that I could to get to her attention and she was never there. And she would lie. She would say to every single one of her friends that I do amazing things, but she was never there. I never felt so alone, broken, rejected, and useless. I, I felt like the worst thing at that moment. I could not breathe anymore. I could not... My feet were nothing. I could not give two fucks about my, sh my feet. I had no floor to support me. The floor just opened up and swallowed me whole. There was nothing else. My mother was never a mother. I just came to realize that. I hang up the phone. I did not care to see if she said, and I hope so badly, I hoped with everything that I had that she would just call me again, at least to say that I just respected her and that I, and then I should listen and then no, she didn't, she didn't call back. I was truly alone. So, that's all I had. A bleeding feet, bags, and the last hostel to check. For some reason, all of the hostels in the city are full and everyone is partying and I'm confused and scared. So I get into the doorstep of the last hostel and then I get there and I say to the guy, look, this is the last hostel in, that I can see in my phone at least, maybe in the whole city. I, I cannot sleep in the streets, man. Like, please. Please, I give you all I have. I clean for you. I do anything. Don't let me sleep in the street. Please, man. And then he said, we have... we, we do, Don't worry. We have spots left. You just need to give me my URD. And then I look for my ID. With, like, all bags, everything. I cannot find my ID. I'm so nervous. I'm like... Oh my god, he has a room for me. Oh my god, I, 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 am, I will sleep, I will have a shower, everything will be fine. I'm safe again. 
I can be under a roof and that bitch won't find me and then I cannot find my ID I'm so scared I'm trembling I'm just I cannot find it by anything and then I'm like oh my god that woman she got my bags when I was taking care of the dogs and what if she what what if she took my ID like to mess me up what if she was saying the truth what if she was coming for me and then I left to the streets again with my bags and everything and I started to cry I started to sob I I was just I was just praying and I was just crying to the man like oh dude please are you saying that I, you cannot let me in because I don't have an ID I can give you my name I can give you my address and give you anything please just let me come in and then the guy's like oh sorry man that that's the whole policy of, the, of this building I cannot let you come in without an ID I'm sorry I do understand but I do need to understand me as well and then I was just crying and I left to the streets at this point I'm desperate and then I try to grab my phone or something and then I see that I didn't check one place my freaking pockets there it was my ID I ran back so quickly I left my bags in the streets and then I went straight up to the man so close that I almost kissed him and then I said I found it <laughs> the guy was terrified I was like oh boy I got it now for sure he's not gonna let me I'm too weird <laughs> and then he said okay fine it's eight bucks at night okay I'm like okay give me a week a whole week do you have breakfast can I shower I was so happy and then I paid and I got my things and I just tossed everything and then I went straight to the bathroom and I showered in a bathtub oh boy I would have fell asleep if I could but it was not a private room I was sharing with like 10 people and they were knocking on the doors and I was like, oh boy, I just had a day. I wish I could stay here for like all night. But I had to leave. So I left the shower, the bathtub, warm water. Left my pass, go down the drain. And slept. Crying, but I slept. After that, it was a whole new day. But that's when I started to start. I needed to save money and I realized that you can leave if you have water but you cannot leave if you have but you cannot leave if you have no water you can leave if you have no food that's what I was trying to say so I just made this statement that okay I'm not gonna eat because if I waste more money I cannot stay here anymore and I need to find a way to make money before I waste any penny and then I just started to survive off the breakfast that the hostel gave for the week. And I started to literally starve because there you cannot eat like everything. You need to like you need to like have some common sense. 
and I just felt so hungry and I could not afford anything and the days went by and I went I know Brighton easily I know where I've been I know all the buildings because I've been through every single one of them talking to every single citizen saying do you need anything I can wash dishes I can take care of dogs and kids I can do this and that I can teach you Portuguese I can do something I, I'm really trying to survive here can you do you have anything I even ha asked construction workers and everything in all pubs and all restaurants and everything no one had a single thing for me as I was coming back this guy came out of nowhere this huge black guy and then he just says oh my god it's you it's you I cannot believe it it's you and I'm like I'm sorry I think you mistaken me for someone else and then he said no the blue haired guy wearing the same striped shirt walking up and down the whole city that's just you and I'm like Oh my god, is he gonna hire me for a TV show? Is it a miracle that I won the lottery? What is going on? And then he said, oh my god, I'm sitting in my apartment, watching the beach, and then boom, there you go, up, there you go, down, there you go, left, there you go, right, and I'm always looking at your freaking blue hair. You're so funny. Oh boy. Oh boy, you're funny. Have a nice day, man. As awkward as it sound that's as awkward as I felt and it was the best thing that happened <laughs> he didn't help me with anything he was just he was just excited to say that he finds me stupid and that's about it <laughs> oh boy I didn't know what to say or feel I was just like oh god oh my god someone noticed me didn't help me with anything didn't I, I either let me talk but just noticed me fine and then, as I'm coming back, and the freaking same day, there is this guy, another huge black guy, and then I see him talking to this woman, and she looks weird, she's like shivering all over, she's like moaning, and we're having breakfast, and then he looks at me and he says, you know what's going on, don't you? And then I said, no, I don't. What do you mean? And then he said, spirits. And then I say, yeah, I kind of feel like she is possessed or something. Not to offend you, looking at the woman. And then he says, yes, I know that you know. Because I see who you are. And then I'm like, what are you trying to say? By the way, we are having breakfast back in the hostel. And then I think it was the next day, if not the same day. It was around the same time. And then he kept going at it. Like, I know who you are. And I'm from Africa and we are very religious. And I'm very sensitive. And I see your aura. And you're different from everyone I've ever seen in my life. But I know because I've seen people like you before. Not, not strong as you, but like you. And then I was like, what do you mean? What are you trying to say? And then he says, you're not from this realm. You 
have never been born on earth. You're from a higher realm. You came to help people. You are a very strong ancient spirit. You have never been human before. I had shivers all over my body. And then he kept going at it and he said, you have a really big mission in life. You're gonna help a lot of people, if you survive, that is. And then I felt like asking him everything, like, what else? How do I survive? How do I do anything? And then he just started talking to the woman back again. And the woman kept moaning and shivering, being weird. And I just felt terrified. And then this boy came to me, a very feminine looking boy. He had curly hair up to his shoulders, a face that looked like Mona Lisa, and a very cute body. He was kind of fit. He said that he was Spanish and he was trying to find a job. And then he said, if I wanted to get a drink, and I said, I don't drink. And then he said that he got this gift and he didn't want to go alone, his English is not so good, he see me talking and he likes my English and blah 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 blah. And then I said, okay, 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 I'll go with you, I, I, I will just take you there, I know where you're trying to go, I've been there, I asked for a job there, whatever. And then we go and we talk and then I just find out how different we are. And he doesn't like anything that I like. And all the way there, we don't take buses or anything. We walk. Like, a very long walk. And then we get there. And then we're just laughing and having fun. Fun, me and this Spanish guy. And he was, like, younger than me. He was, like, 18 or something. And then he ordered his drink. He got it from a coupon or something. And it was a very expensive place. And then he said please take a sip or something and then I said I don't drink I really don't drink I don't like alcohol and, he, and then he said he has barely any alcohol just drink and he mostly talks in Spanish because he doesn't know English and I try to talk in Portuguese mixed with Spanish the little that I know and then I agree and then I take a sip and it is delicious it barely tastes anything like alcohol it tastes like a very good orange juice and it's this orange drink or something and I'm like is this alcohol at all and then he says yes it is a cocktail of blah 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 and then I'm like whatever and, and then I and then he screams and then he, he's like wait, wait 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 stop 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 and then I see that I almost drink everything in one sip I was so hungry and thirsty and it was so good and then he said, you were fooling me all this time, you're drinking, you're an alcoholic. And Rafa Vine was angry. And I tried to explain the best I could what was going on. And it was so funny. And then we came back. And this whole day was just crazy. And then I met uh, the woman that went to clean my room. Where I stayed with a whole bunch of 10 other guys. And he went there every single day to clean. And then her name, I don't remember. It was something like Maria. She was also Spanish or something. And then uh, she, she said, when we arrived back to the hotel, she said, it's my birthday. 
it's my birthday and I see you and I think you're cool and we should totally hang together. And then she grabs me and and the and the Spanish guy and take us both and I'm like, what is going on? What is this day? Literally, I don't talk to anyone in this hostel and out of nowhere three people came to me. The crazy Afro guy talking some spiritual voodoo nonsense and then this crazy Spanish guy and then this other Spanish lady and they all want my attention for some reason and I'm just too miserable to cope with my life and I don't know anything and then I just go because I'm being dragged she grabbed my hand in such a tight grip that I, I didn't have a choice and she opened the back door of the staff only place and the, there was a garden and a firewood and a lot of beer and meat and a whole bunch of stuff and I'm like I don't eat meat I don't drink beer uh, I'm not in the right place what is going on and then she said it's my birthday please just join me And I have to say to you guys, that was the best day of my life. To this day, I felt like shit since I arrived in the UK. It was a nightmare, for sure. But that day was the day that I didn't care. I didn't have the opportunity to care. Because I was just being dragged to different situations. And then I realized today, like years later, I, try, I still try to understand this concept of worrying does not fix things. It just makes it worse. Thinking about things, unless you're trying to think uh, in a way, looking for a solution instead of just being a martyr and just being melancholic, you know, it's not worth It. You should just breathe through life. You just keep swimming, as Doris says. And that was it. That day, I could not think about my problems. I was just being dragged from one place to the other, having complaints about things that I didn't know I should complain about. Like, if I should, I should not drink. Like, that's not the type of complaint I thought I would be having. I thought I'd be arrested or something by some crazy psychotic woman. And I look at these stars and they were so beautiful. They were so beautiful. And the fire and the people and they talked about so many things that I didn't care. But I was just in another mind state. And it was very helpful. Her birthday became my birthday. Because I felt better. And the Spanish guy started to drink too much. And I, I wasn't drunk, but I, I, I was just so miserable. And when I get miserable, I get cheesy. And then, and touchy. And then he hugged me. And he's completely straight, by the way. But I could not handle that shirtless Spanish guy with a six-pack hugging me for free that way. He was so drunk. I just grabbed his butt. <laughs> I had to. I'm like, I'm already fucked. <laughs> There's nothing else to lose. If his, he punches me or anything, I don't care. And I grabbed his butt real tight. And he started laughing. 
And I'm like, okay, if that's not enough, let's go full throttle. So let me twist his nipples as well. And then I did that. And then he loves even harder. <laughs> oh, that day was awesome. When they were done, she was very happy that I was with her in her birthday. I was happy as well. And I just kept fantasizing about the Spanish boy all night. He was just too handsome and young. And he was like the type of straight guy that it's awesome to have around. That it's just rare. Like a very confident straight guy. Like there's nothing you can do to that guy. He wouldn't go gay for nothing. He could kiss you and not give a damn about you. <laughs> That was so fun because usually straight guys are so like fragile like they melt like they think that if they breathe the same air as a gay person they're gonna become gay that's how fragile his their sexuality is and that guy i just grabbed his butt twist his nipple and i could have kissed him i believe that he would just laugh it was just the funniest thing and it was awesome and the whole birthday situation the guy talking about my life and past lives and the whole thing about drinking with the boy that I never saw it was just too funny the next day a Korean Korean lady from the hostel decided to teach me Korean and as we were talking uh, I believe a Russian guy came and said actually he wasn't talking to me but he was looking at me And then he was talking to another guy from the hostel. They were talking about money as I was learning Spanish. Uh, Korean, sorry. They were also trying to teach me Spanish because me, the Spanish guy, we became friends with the Korean couple. And they were all, we were all from the same age. We were all millennials and we were just having fun. And then this weird guy came in and he was talking with the another guy who was also very beautiful. And then he, they were talking and then I heard money and issues and blah, blah, blah. And then the guy, he was, he was wearing a really weird hat. He had this really weird accent, really weird about everything about him. And then he just said, but I am going to take care of the models. We're going to have good security and we're going to pay you really extra if you have gay sex because that was sales. And I just understood everything. That guy was being hired to be a porn star or something. And then... They were serious. They were for real. And I was like, is this happening in front of me right now? Like, is this real life? That guy's just talking about becoming a porn star? For real? Like, this week? In the place with this Russian crazy guy? And then he looked at me and said, you have a good profile. You too, Spanish boy. You should all join in. Want to fix your life? You have an opportunity. But he also has some things with drugs. And then I was like, oh boy. Not even if I was about to die. Like, I have nothing wrong with drugs and sex. It's just... It's not for me. I was virgin. I just learned how alcohol tastes like. Like, this is not for me. I was having a mental breakdown. If I went and threw anything next to those things, I would lose my mind and just die. Seriously, I would just die. And I was just, I just didn't mind what he said and he dismissed me really quickly. 
the Spanish guy laughed and the Korean lady felt uncomfortable. <laughs> and then we just kept learning Korean and I talked about 21, which is a K-pop group and I talked about CL and the Korean lady was very disgusted because she said the, the lyrics from K-pop are very nasty. It's like rap and hip hop. It's just a whole bunch of shit talk. And she was angry. She's like, you can't learn Korean with this. This is not right. And she was young. She was just so family friendly. And she was so funny. But whatever. Continuing the story. After that, I started to... I had a walk. And then I, it hit me. Finally, it hit me. The fact that... I am alone in another country that I have nobody my money is about to end and there is nothing I can do about anything so I just felt like shit and I started walking I went straight to the beach And I saw these people having fireplaces and a whole bunch of things just having fun and smoking, drinking the beach. And I was like, they all have a purpose in life. Look at those cars, people inside the buses, they are going somewhere. I am lost. I am going nowhere. I am alone. And then I see this one guy, he's alone. And then I go straight up to him and then I say, Hey, you're okay? How you doing? And then he looks at me disgusted and he says, Leave me alone, bitch. I don't believe he said bitch. He said something nasty, but I, I don't know if it was bitch. It, it was like... Because bitch is still funny. It was like... Something that is not funny. <laughs> I don't know. No, it was, it was kind of like fag or something. He just said, leave me alone. My friends are coming over or something like that. And I just felt like, oh god. Why? How rude. I was just trying to make a connection because I feel like shit. But the night was cold and then I just felt tired and I felt miserable and I just knew that I wouldn't find a job. There was nothing I could do. Time was running. Tick tock. So I lay down the beach. In the beach and you know Brighton Beach it's awful they don't have sand they have stones but it felt good I was in too much pain to bother so I just looked up to the sky and I just cried that's what I do and for one moment I thought some of those teenagers they will look at me they'll say that I'm crying they'll walk up to me and they will ask me if I'm okay And then we will talk and everything will be fun again. There were like four or five groups of teenagers around me. Like four or five meters apart from where I was crying, looking up to the sky, cold. None of them came to talk to me. I just stood up and walked back to the hostel, had another shower that was quickly interrupted and waited for the next day. And the next day, everyone had a plan. Everyone was going somewhere. 
the place was empty. And I was like, what is going on? Why is everyone leaving? And then the guys, the clerk said, well, for the same reason they came, everyone came here. Every hostel is full because it's the pride. Won't you go to the pride parade? And then I said, what is a pride? <laughs> Why they, what are they proud for? And then he explained it to me. The gay parade, aren't you gay? Go to the parade. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the reason why my feet is hurt. Why I didn't find a place where I lost my mind in the city trying to find a hostel. Because everyone wanted to go to a freaking gay parade. Of course I am going. I almost died because of it. <laughs> so I just went to the gay parade and it was so fun. And I took a whole bunch of pictures and... Then they were marching towards something. I had no idea what that was. And I just kept following them. And it ended up in a party. And you had to pay 20 bucks to join. And then I was like, I might die. I don't care. I haven't ate in weeks. I have paid all I could for the hostel already. I've been here for two weeks I lost all money I could 160 bucks I paid to stay two weeks and I don't have enough money to do anything else I had like 70 or 60 bucks left and then they said that was like 15 bucks or 20 bucks to join and then I was like I might die I might just die there's no point in saving I'm too hungry, I'm too tired, I just survive off breakfast, and whatever, I'll, just, I'll go to a party, at least I won't die not knowing what a party is, the next step should I drink, I went to a party, the next step would be to have sex, I'll force the Spanish guy, <laughs> my mind <laughs> was crazy, and then the party was awesome, it was a have party, with those big things, lights everywhere, electronic music. And it was so funny because I could not put my head down a moment that someone would come by and say, are you okay? And then they would say, your hair is blue. Oh my God, let me touch it. And they would pull my hair and then the drag queens would go crazy and pull my hair and push and pull me and kiss me in the cheeks. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I would listen to them to sing and it was so funny and fun and I wish I could buy something to eat because everyone was eating and I couldn't. And then I told a little bit of what was going on to a few people and they were interested and I went and I kept with the whole rave situation going on for a long while. And then I went to the show that was happening, it was a rock show, then a drag show, then a pop show, and I went to all of them, then a have show, and it was so fun, I was so used to not eating and drinking or anything, that I, I just had energy, and then I had this last show that I could stay on for the day, it was this drag queen, and then it was so funny, and she's famous by the way, I don't remember her name, I won't research right now. I could update the status of the 
the podcast eventually. It's a famous British drag queen. And then she's been on American Idol, I think. And then she was awesome. And then she sang Turn Around, Bright On. And it was so funny that it was one of the first songs that I heard from a drag queen. And also from Bright On at all. It was so funny. That song. And then I came back to the hostel, but in the way back I saw this theme park and it was open and everything was spinning and everything was going on and then I was like, you know what, I might die. I always wanted to go to a theme park, never been in one, I, I want to go, I just want to get into one of these crazy big toys and just spin like crazy and die. <laughs> and then I just paid more 20 bucks and I went to the toy and I didn't felt a single like layer of fear I was in love with the adrenaline and whatever happened I didn't care if my face smashed on the floor and then thousand pounds hit me and smashed me into a freaking potato soup on the floor. I didn't care. I just, all I cared was the speed. The dizziness. Forgetting. Letting go. And then it was fun. And then I came back to the hostel. And then I just decided to go back to the airport. I grabbed my things, I didn't say goodbye to anyone. I just grabbed my things and I got to the train. Then I found out that I should have paid to go to Brighton. It is a paid trip from Brighton to London. And I didn't pay the way going. And for some reason, on my way back, I had to pay. And the guy from the police were actually checking the tickets and for one moment I was terrified because I was like what if the crazy psychotic lady sent them to get me I don't know what for I didn't do anything wrong I was completely legal it is illegal for a Brazilian to stay in the, in Europe for three to six months it's completely normal but I was terrified and then I gave them while inside the train I gave them my ticket, everything was fine, and I was just glad to have not got into any trouble. When I arrived to the Heathrow airport, I, by the way, one station before, one station, one, uh, a little bit before, rewinding a little bit, I left in King Cross, I believe, it's when the, the, the Harry Potter shop is there's nine slash three and I just went there and saw all the ones and the robes and everything then I came back and went to Heathrow but in Heathrow I just found out that yes I had no tickets they were cancelled I when no show there is no way you can refund there is no way you can do anything about it I got mad I called the police I got this guy on the line that said 
uh, okay, I am work for an organization and I won't let anything bad happen to you. I'll give you soup and a place to shower and you're gonna sleep uh, with a sleeping bag in a place that everyone is safe. And I was okay with my doom. I was fine. I was like, oh, whatever. That's what a life has in store for me to become homeless and poor. And then someone will, stole, will steal my phone and I'll just become a drug addict and something like that. And I'm too young and that's how I die and that's fine. And then I remember that in that morning that I decided to go back to the airport. I just, before going back, I went to the beach again. And I, for the first time I went to the sea. And I just had fun with water for a moment and at the same time as I was walking in that city I was just thinking about how many rich people there are in the world in the world in the world how many mansions and big houses and apartments and cars and they have so much and I have so little and how different our worlds are And I just kept seeing all these people coming and going, thinking all of them have something to do, some purpose, and I'm just lost. And I was just accepting my fate to become homeless, and I was just about to pick up food from a trash bag. I saw a woman eating McDonald's, and she took a bite and threw it off. And I was like, that's my call, I'm gonna take it. And as I was, I am not making this up. This is like legit. That's like, if miracles happen, that was it. As I'm about to put my hand into the trash can, this phone starts to ring. It's my phone. And I'm like, who in the world would call me and for what reason? And then... It was my aunt. And then she says, Where are you? Three, two, uh, th two weeks ago, I saw my key under my door, my carpet, and I knew immediately that something happened to you, that you were in trouble. I tried contacting you many times. Your phone never rings. And I'm, I'm about to call the police. And I don't know what happened to you. Where are you? And then I explained to her the whole situation. And then she said, stay where you are. Don't do anything. I'll talk to a friend. She called a friend. And 30 minutes after that, her friend had a three-store house. She had been through the same thing that my aunt has been through. Struggling to become legal. She was legal. She had two kids and she accepted me in her house and 30 minutes after the call I was in a big bathtub just chilling out and not believing how from eating trash I went to a hot warm bathtub I took up my phone and I called the guy from the organization and just said oh Listen, I thankfully won't need the sleeping bag and the soup. Uh, 
you don't need to look for me today because I found someone who could help me and I'm just happy right now so thank you for all your support and then the guy was very happy and he said that I was too young and that shouldn't happen with me and that he was just so relieved that he wouldn't have to see me get into a sleeping bag and eat some dirty soup and be alone at night I was happy as well <laughs> I was in a warm bathtub and after that a few things have passed I don't know if uh, an episode is worth it maybe uh, maybe just to explain how I came back to Brazil we're in a 56 minutes of talk already I'll make the last episode then and this story will be finished thank you for listening if you can support me in any way shape or form I have a patreon and I have a whole bunch of my story in there if you want to check out I am working on a whole bunch of things as well I'm trying to write a book I'm trying to do a few things but I literally have only one phone <laughs> and no work and I'm from Brazil and all the drama I also have merch it's a bit amateur but it's what you can do to support me right now it's Patreon and the merch you can find it on my website you can follow me anywhere from at Kayoyuki-sama it's K-A-Y-O Y-U-U-K-I and Sama is S-A-M-A a. That's my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything. And also my Patreon. And I have all this information on my website if you want to check it out. Thank you so much. Whoever you are, wherever you are, if you're pooping, if you're eating, if you're walking, if you're working, if you're sleeping, thank you for listening to this podcast. It means the world to me. And sharing my life stories, it's therapeutic. <laughs> Thank you, have a nice day, fight for your dreams, and breathe through life. Keep swimming, bye-bye.